Hey everyone, welcome to This is Steph Sober, a weekly podcast for those in need of some sober support. I'm your host, Steph, and in this episode, I am thrilled to have Kayla join me. Kayla was my guest on Season 2, Episode 4, titled, This is Kayla Sober. So if you haven't listened, please do. Kayla was the first person I connected with on Instagram when I started my sober account. She is a huge supporter in the sober community. So when Kayla decided to take a step back from Instagram, her absence was felt. I am happy to say that after three months, she is back. And I am honored she wanted to come onto the podcast to share what it's been like to take a break and focus on her. She was noticing that Instagram was becoming her new dopamine fix. And as someone who has overcome using alcohol for that very reason, she knew she needed a break. She talks about how her intentions have changed and why she feels mentally ready to be back. Kayla, I got so much out of this conversation with you. Thank you for setting an example of always putting yourself first and inspiring the rest of us to do the same. Let's hear from Kayla. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I am really good. Yeah. I feel like the sun has been out here for the last three days, so I feel like I'm high on life. Like, oh. I saw I saw a reel the other day, and it was like, you think seasonal affective disorder doesn't exist until the sun comes out and all of a sudden you feel like you just took a bunch of drugs. <laughs> yeah, as you can see, this little lamp I have on me right now is like one of those seasonal depression lamps because we have not been having a lot of sun and I need that in my life. Like, I feel it. Like, I can feel it. So this thing actually is very helpful. Like, when I'm just sitting here on my computer, I just turn it on and... I have one of those. I do. Yeah. When I got it, I realized it made really good lighting for selfies, and that's yeah, <laughs> that too, <laughs> multifunctional. Yeah, yeah. So what's yeah. going on? Like, I've been meaning to catch up with you. I don't know. Like, I don't know where the time's going during my day, but it's all good. Like, I'm so busy, but it's all like good stuff. And I'm guessing same for you. But it's like, that's exactly how I feel. Honestly, it. I mean, when I decided to take a break from posting on Instagram and stuff, it like I had so much other stuff going on um, and I I shared, I was like, I'm taking a break, like Mm -hmm. nobody worry because it is like primarily sober people I interact with on there, right? I didn't want anyone to think that I'd fallen off the rails or anything, right? right? But I just was so busy and I couldn't keep up with it and just, I needed a break. Yeah. (laughs) That's all it's like... It was my first time really with school and work, like juggling multiple important things in my entire adult life. Cause I've only ever worked as a server or a bartender. And that was, I just had all of this free time. And then sure. now I've got like two really big important things I have to like juggle and balance and then like also prioritize my mental health and like all of that other good stuff that keeps us functioning. So. I just, I ghosted. (laughs) Yeah. Did you say it's been three months? Yeah, I was thinking about it lately because, you know, like when 
when you're busy, you don't really have time to like think about drinking and stuff that much. Like mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. but now that summer's coming and school's going to be ending, our contract for like the warming center for work is ending at the end of the month, so I'm gonna have a lot more time. I'm like, I need to reconnect with my sober friends and get back to feeling the support and offering support and mm-hmm. keep myself in check because yeah. I don't know about you, but hitting that one year mark was like, and that I think is part of the reason why I was feeling kind of bled in December, but hitting that one year mark was kind of like, okay, that was like a big goal. And it's like, what now? Yeah. It's like, you want something bigger after that because yeah. it's such a, like, and I think that's with any goal, right? Once you, once you hit that mark, like most people were like, well, now what's next? Yeah. And how do you get bigger than going a year sober? I mean, let's not forget how huge that is, right? But then it's like, now what? Now what do I do? Yeah, and like I had when like when I first got sober, I decided I was going to go back to school. I was going to do all these things. I set all these goals, and I did all the work I had to do to get there. I paid off all my old student loans. I enrolled in school, ticking all these boxes off that of things I wanted to do, and hitting a year sober was really the last the last thing yeah. you know and so I got to that point and I was just like oh okay well now it's time for me to start stepping more outside of my comfort zone and doing more things but like also learning how to balance all of that stuff was just a challenge in its own and that's really what I just had to focus on doing because working full-time in the capacity of like being a support worker primarily with the unhoused community is like very, very heavy. So mm. tell me more about that. Okay. I can only imagine. So I had actually um, in this like spirituality group that I was a part of, I decided like I wanted to focus on my relationships like within the community, not like a romantic relationship or anything mm-hmm. like that. Friendships and building new other relationships within like the community and I wanted to find a job that felt more in alignment with all of my other goals you know because I want to be like a trauma and trauma and addictions counselor one day when I'm done school so that was kind of my focus and you know I kept my eye out on Indeed and online for places hiring and I was still serving at the time which I didn't want to be doing anymore Mm-hmm. So the local nonprofit, I had followed them on Instagram, and they had made a post during our first initial snowfall looking for donations. And I was like, I don't have any money to donate, but I have time and I have hands. So I just went in there kind of thinking I was going to be volunteering for a day or two. And that kind of turned into, okay, you're hired. You work here pretty much full time now. And then within a month or two it was like okay well you have all these goals and you want to support people in recovery so why don't you just be the director of recovery support services and then you can organize a day to like have like a support circle kind of thing and if people want to talk about recovery and you know want to help want help navigating our very difficult and complex system to making that happen, then uh, you can be like the go-to person. So I started doing that. So that kind of kept me focused on my own track, right? Yeah. Doing that kind of work. But 
it's also very emotionally taxing to be in the environment where all of these people are in quite a low Mm. life, right? Mm -hmm. But the whole process for someone to get into treatment where it's funded, if you don't have the $20,000 that it costs, is just like the wait lists and you know, you have to go to detox and then you have to go to the treatment and trying to get that to line up and trying to connect with people that don't really run on a schedule to get them to meet you to fill out all this paperwork and mm. then getting it to the right person to file it. And So are these people that are looking to get into a recovery program? Like, where are they at in their addiction? So we run... It's like a warming center. So it's like daytime for um, the unhoused population. They can mm-hmm. come in, have a coffee, a little snack, hang out. It's very low barrier. So we have a lot of very active okay. drug users that come in. And basically our job is to just talk to them, right? You mm-hmm. know, humanize them, treat them with respect. Mm-hmm. Um, some people want to just come in and sit and have a little nap and keep to themselves. And that's totally fine. Other people we develop more personal relationships with. And then once we kind of get an idea of where they're at, then we can kind of see what support they need, whether it's with, you know, connecting to financial resources by filling out forms to get onto uh, assistance, uh, BC housing forms to get on the list for housing, another wait list that is years long. Oh, wow. Um, and like if they're interested in treatment, you know, discussing what their options are, if they've ever been to treatment before, if they've done meetings and what ones were they and what their goals are in terms of recovery. Because, you know, some people it's like, well, you know, I'm using fentanyl right now, but I really don't want to be. I don't want to necessarily completely abstain from everything, like maybe have a couple of drinks or, you know, whatever else mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just holding space to discuss that with with people. And so that's really, it's really cool, but it is really heavy. We do mm-hmm. respond to quite a few overdoses, which Ooh. instead of a lot, the first one actually that I had to deal with, I was by myself walking to work. And it was a client that we see at work regularly. Um, and like I had never administered naloxone before. Like, do you, do you have those kits in this? where you live they, yeah like, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so like I had one in my backpack and my hand was just shaking oh. trying to like get the the medication into the needle yeah <laughs> so yeah the whole thing but then after that first one it's just kind of like you go into like okay do the breath try and get a response do the shot keep trying to get a response keep doing the breath and like but it's a lot it's very heavy it's a lot mm-hmm. it's yeah. Were you trained on that at all? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Good. Yeah. So you know what you're doing. Cause I would have no idea what to do. Yeah. I mean, in that situation, the most important thing is the breath. Even okay. if you are with somebody that is more comfortable doing the shots or you're not comfortable doing that, even just the breath while you wait for an ambulance. But it's a lot. It kind of... It threw me in there and it was honestly a crash course in establishing personal boundaries. Sure. Because that kind of work, it's really hard to not take it home. And yeah, 
you know, we're in group chats and stuff for work. We've got our director chat, then we've got the regular staff chat. And it's, they're both just going all the time. <laughs> so it's like, okay, my phone's going, do not disturb now. I need to focus on this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but, because you're, I mean, you're still going to school. Yeah. Yep. And that's a lot. Yeah. Mentally. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm like? I know. I'm just like, whenever. I'm like sitting here like, in awe of you right now because. <laughs> I've been talking to you for 10 minutes and you have already just told me (laughs) like extremely mentally tasking things that have been going on since I've talked to you last. And I mean, you haven't been on Instagram for three months, so we've been kind of, you know, keeping in touch here and there. And wow, Kayla, like people always ask me, they're like, oh, how are you? I'm like, stop asking. It's a loaded I'm question. Fast, I'm got a lot going on. I'll text you at the end of April. No, but it's it's good. It's good. Um, school's been really great. My last semester was like all of my like psychology classes, and then this semester, never take a philosophy class and a literature class in the same semester. It's so much reading and anal- analysis. Like, oh, it's a lot, but that's almost done now too so are you gonna have a break you said end of april are you gonna take a break um no <laughs> apparently i'm a masochist because i also applied <laughs> to do another course in the summer only one though it's um my school has this program called the inside out program where they have stu- a group of students from the university actually go take a course in the prison alongside um, people that are studying who are incarcerated. Oh. So I think the topic for the course that I applied for in May and June is adversity and resiliency. So that I think will be really, really cool because, you know, part of classes is discussion, right? So mm-hmm. you're learning the coursework, but then also engaging in this discussion with people that have experienced, obviously, a lot of adversity. So, wow. How often would you be interacting? So would they, is it just one other individual and you, like one person that's incarcerated or will there be several that you get to, you know? It's it's a group. It's like a classroom setting. Oh, okay. I think it's like 12 students and 12. Oh. um, Yeah. People from the prison. So, Yeah. It's like a full classroom thing. and Okay. I mean, it's incredible, like, how far you've come. I mean, almost been a year since we first connected, which is really crazy to think about how fast that's, how fast that's gone. 15 months and, what, three days for you? Yeah. Days for me. Yeah. 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 And I got on Instagram, like, the beginning of April, end of, March. I need to really figure out what date that was that I got on there. But anyway, so I mean, it's like coming up and you were one of the first people to connect with me and just to reflect like who I was then. And, you know, I'm sure you do the same thing. And then never in my life have I had a year, such a productive (laughs) year as far as growth. Yeah. But like every area of my life, like sometimes, you know, just like one area of your life, you may have a little bit of like a little bit of growth. But this was like sobriety was like the accelerated program of life. <laughs> like 
I think when you remove alcohol from the equation, like it's impossible not to grow in every aspect of your I life. Know. Because, you know, the, you have all this extra time and obviously you want to stay, stay busy so you're not drinking, so you're doing more things. Obviously, there are other unhealthy habits. Like I used to stay in bed and watch a lot of Netflix and eat a lot of junk mm-hmm. food at mm-hmm. the beginning. But, you know, at the beginning, that's you're just trying to stay sober. So. You are. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of time to unravel the the new uh, dependencies that develop early in sobriety. Because as you get, like you said, you know, as you you get further on in your sobriety, and you're like your mind is clearing, and you're more open to realizations about yourself, and you're learning things about yourself. I mean, I never thought I would do a sober podcast. Now I'm doing two sober podcasts. Like I, I mean, it's just. Who is that girl? (laughs) But I know her so well. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm so comfortable doing this. The Mm -hmm. things that I like, how am I going to put this into words? I'm so much more comfortable in this person, this person in front of you right now, than the person, you know, 15 months ago who was deciding to get sober and had no idea what that meant. Like, she was so uncomfortable with who she'd become. Well, that's the thing, too, is when you're doing something different and something new, like, it's uncomfortable. Like, it is not fun. (laughs) Like, it's scary because especially, too, like, I think for a lot of people, the drinking is a coping mechanism, right? Mm -hmm. And for myself anyways, I was used to the chaos of being depressed and miserable and, like, I knew how to deal with that. That was what my comfort zone was, was chaos. So learning how to accept that things don't need to be chaotic all the time Mm -hmm. was a huge hurdle and it took a while. It took a while, but now it's like I'm in a good place and it's, it's wild to think how radically different my life is like radically different. Yeah. Mind blowing. I mean, so let's talk a little bit about, balance <laughs> because <laughs> the, the whole reason that I needed to stop do a hard stop on Instagram <laughs> Ooh. it was like um I think for me a lot of my issues with drinking stemmed from my like deeply rooted insecurities so when I stopped drinking and I was feeling good I started posting on Instagram all of a sudden I'm getting all this validation from people which is great to be supported, that's healthy. But relying on that validation is not. So I would literally, like, I'd make a reel and I'd sit there and refresh, 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 waiting for likes, waiting for the views, and then, like, replying back right away because I wanted to engage. And in my head, my mental process was this is healthy because I'm connecting and connecting to other sober people supports me but eventually it kind of you know you have to find the balance between having it completely consume your entire day which I'm sure you understand with your podcast and all that stuff like full-time and you know like it, it was great while I was still actively posting and stuff all the time I didn't realize that it was an issue 
you know, I'd be out with my friends doing things in the summer and I'm like constantly in my head, it's like content, 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 content. Mm-hmm. Like, little clips of video, constantly taking pictures, like thinking, like I would hear audio for reels in my head on loop <laughs> being like, oh, I can use this for this audio. Like it was insane. I was never present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, so when I started school, I started getting busier and I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm just going to take a little step back. Only post when I feel called to. And then when I stopped posting regularly, I stopped getting as much engagement. There was, you know, less time for me to respond to DMs. And I started feeling very just depressed and I didn't know why. And then I wa- that's when I watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix. And they go into basically how your brain becomes addicted to social media and that Mm -hmm. validation. And then after I heard that, it was like, oh, my God, I just (laughs) transferred everything from alcohol to social media. (laughs) And then after that, I was like, okay, we got to do like a hard stop here. Like, I'm so stressed because, you know, when I removed that engagement from social media, like before I went on like a full complete break, when I stopped posting so much, I wasn't getting that hit, like that dopamine that my brain was craving. But I also was just so consumed about stressing, about school and everything. I wasn't doing the healthy things for myself either, like going for runs like I was doing in the summer, like connecting with my friends to socialize. Like I was just letting myself get so worked up with school because it was new and it was scary and I wanted to do well and I'm a perfectionist and Mm -hmm. a whole learning curve of how to balance things and stay on top of things and prioritize things and then I threw in a new job in there and it was just it was a lot and after watching that documentary it was like okay it's exactly the same you know with alcohol when you get that artificial surge of dopamine and it over time if can you're consistently drinking it's getting ingrained into your neural pathways like plowing through a new like a hiking trail the more you go into it the more ingrained it's going to be that happens in your brain and then when you stop doing it you're depressed (laughs) like you have to rebuild that and basically I just transferred all of that into onto social media and then not posting anymore I wasn't getting that artificial dopamine and then I wasn't getting it naturally either so it was just not a good time so I needed to stop and start doing those things that made me feel good but doing them for myself and not worrying about doing them because I need to go make content mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So looking back there's a lot of times I'm like did I even go for that run because I wanted to or did I go for a run so I could film myself going from a, a run to show how healthy I am? <laughs> you know, so it was like building habits for myself, not for the clout. So, yeah, I think anything short of taking three months wouldn't have been enough because now mm-hmm. now I'm coming back and I'm like refreshed. School's finishing up. The sun's out. I'm in a good spot. I'm doing the healthy things I have to do for myself, not for the validation of strangers on the internet. So it feels like I'm coming back from a completely different place in a completely different place. 
Well, it's recognizing it, right? I mean, yeah. once, and it's it's the same thing with getting sober. Once you call yourself out on it and you see it for what it really is mm-hmm. and you decide that you don't want that anymore, you know, that's not where you want to be. You know, you don't want to rely on that, on that, yeah, artificial dopamine. It's really hard to then go back to it from an unhealthy angle. And I'm, it, you know, you reached out to me last night and it was, I freaking love the universe. I just love it because I'm struggling right now with this as well. I'm finding myself looking for something like this is what I do. I'll get on my, I'll get on Instagram and it's not intentional. I, it's very mindless. And I know, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, there's a commercial break on TV and I instantly grab my phone. I don't even realize I'm doing it on Instagram. And next thing I know, I'm scrolling. And then it's like I snap out of it. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I on this right now? So what I'm working on is being intentional with it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to just get on because we're bored right now. We're not going to just get on because we are have an uncomfortable feeling that we're avoiding. Because that's exactly why I drank. Yeah. Right? So now I just, I, I'm trying to be, and this is very fresh, like seriously, like within this last week, very fresh and it's hard. And now that I'm like calling myself out on it and I'm realizing how hard it is, I now know. And now just listening to everything you said and I'm like shaking my head. Yep. Yep. Me too. Well, me it's, too. it's a way of dissociating just like yep. drinking. Mm-hmm. When you drink, you're drinking to forget and avoid. And same with social media. You sit down, you start scrolling, and you're like, okay, I don't have to deal with anything right now. I still I still do it. Like, even though I wasn't posting, it just wasn't as bad. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, now I need to, if I'm going to go on there, there's an intention. What are you yeah. going on there for? Are you going on there right now because you want to, you feel like you're in a good place to support some people? Are you going on there right now to kind of see where everybody's at with their posts? and comment and congrats like if it's if I'm looking for people who I've hit milestones like am I in that headspace right now like am I going to be a good person to say congratulations this is awesome I feel like it has to be intentional moving forward and I like I said and that's all I know right now (laughs) like how I'm going to do that it's like being mindful I think yeah even with like I've, I've spoken to friends that are like Oh, seeing you get sober is so inspiring, but I, I don't know if I'm ready to like fully get sober or if my life is going to look like that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine. Uh, just be mindful of when you go to have a drink, ask yourself, why am I having this drink right now? Mm-hmm. And what, what you're around, what mood you're in, what your surroundings are, who you're with, you know, like if you're, you know, out of, on a celebratory thing in a vineyard with a bunch of friends and you're in a good mood and you're doing a wine tasting, like, absolutely. <laughs> like if yeah. you're the person that can handle having right. one or two, then do it. Yeah. But, but like, you know, if you have a bad day at work and you're automatic, automatically going to go to the liquor store or go to the bar to, you know, have a couple drinks to ease that stress, that's probably not the, the time that you should be having mm-hmm. drinks. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's different, but that's just the, yeah, I questioning, yeah. questioning, questioning myself all the time. Like, why am I doing this? What is my purpose for this right now? Mm-hmm. What is this going to do for me? Right. But. Yeah. I think that is the best way to go about it. 
Um, I'm an already an overthinker and I found a way to overthink even more. <laughs> same. <laughs> Unfortunately, same. Yeah. yeah. Self-awareness is a blessing and a curse, I find. Mm-hmm. It is. Because you know when you're doing something to self-sabotage yourself or something that's like not benefiting you in any way and you just do it anyway. <laughs> that's how I felt with Instagram <laughs> towards the end there. I was like, I hate that thing. <laughs> But I'm going to sit here and scroll anyways because I need to find a new audio to use for a reel. Right. Yeah, I need that hit. And it's addictive. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the addiction. Like, that's how rooted it is. Well, and who doesn't want to see a whole bunch of comments saying, like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you. You're doing so great. It feels good. It does feel good. <laughs> and it that's what it was created to do, right? Like, Instagram... And, and and really, I say Instagram, but any platform where you can get likes and comments and followers, that's the meter of your worth. Yeah. That's the meter. And then you compare to people who have more than you. Yeah. And that's all it is. is an, At the end of the day, that's all it is is a number. But we put so much value of our own self-worth into that. Well, and also things like the filters these days. Man, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I'll slap a filter on every now mm-hmm. and then. I try to use the ones that are more like a sepia tone or like right. that don't take away all my pores and fine lines completely. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is when, and I feel so badly for these, these young girls, especially yeah. growing up right now, because if you're posting a picture of yourself completely nude face. And then you're posting the exact same picture with a filter on it. And you get 100 likes on that filtered one because people think you look really good and you get only like 10 on the one of your nude face. What is that going to do to your brain? It conditions you into believing that you look better with that filter and you're not going to feel good in real life, like in your own skin. Like people are going to cosmetic surgeons now being like, make me look like this filter. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. And the flip side of that, too, is scrolling through and seeing people with filters that only use filters. So you really don't even know that yeah. that's not them. And you start thinking there's all these really gorgeous people in the world and you're just not one of them. Yeah. And that, you know, and I, you know, having a teenage daughter, I hate it. It, it just because I can see it in what she's looking at. And, you know, you can see that that's really hard for her to comprehend. Yeah. And comparing and yeah, especially you know, like we you only see people's highlight reel. You see the pictures where mm-hmm. they're done up really nice, or like they're sucking in their tummy and sticking out their butt to mm-hmm. show all the hard work they've been doing at the gym. You're not seeing them sitting on the couch eating a big bowl of popcorn with zip paint <laughs> on their face. Right, what people are usually sharing because it's not sexy. Yeah, <laughs> so it's it's all fake social media yeah. is a scam <laughs> it is. but it, it does have some benefits it's just you know yeah because we have to we, we do have to yeah we do have to remember that I mean I know for me and I think you agree it it was a huge part of my sobriety like it kept me accountable yeah. at the end of the day posting and that was when you know I was posting intentionally you know, yeah. because I was in a place where I'm like, okay, 
I'm feeling some really strong shit right now. And, you know, my, my Instagram, especially early on was like a, a diary. It was a journal and I was sharing that. And it was so nice because then people would connect with me and say, no, you're not alone. Like you, I felt that too. That is what I love about it. And that's what I guess as we're trying to stay away from the unhealthy side, those are the things that we need to focus on when I say, what's your intention when you're getting on there? Is it to, you know, inspire others, inspire yourself, or are you just getting on there? Yeah. Mindlessly because you had a bad day or you're bored or you are avoiding to go get your workout in. (laughs) Like I can find all kinds of reasons (laughs) to get on there. Like, when it comes to, for me, time for me to, like, write an essay or a paper or whatever for mm-hmm. school, I will deep clean my entire house because the whole process of doing a big essay with, like, such weight to it with my perfectionism is a process. There's meltdowns. There's tears. Like, it's a whole thing, and I avoid it at all costs because like well it's inevitable right so really I'm just shooting myself in the foot because now I have even less time to do it but I'm working on that as well so you're back with Instagram <laughs> I was surprised is it official was- are you back I, I made that post I was like no one's gonna even care that I'm back like who the hell am I like I'm just gonna write I'm back and then like everyone started like messaging me and commenting me I was like oh people actually like it when I'm here Mm-hmm. <laughs> that little that little intrusive thought you know pop right. right yeah I just want to honestly like I like making little, little reels and stuff mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the creative it's that creativity side that I yeah. think we all really do enjoy about making reels yeah and I like to be able to connect with people personally that I wouldn't normally be able to yeah and I like to be able to, you know, if I put 15 minutes aside to scroll through posts or whatever and then come up, comment and be like, you're doing great. Keep it up. And just quick little messages and stuff. I like that. And yeah, I just. So are you like, going to schedule? Are you going to schedule it? Is that how you're moving forward with Instagram? Like now that you're coming back, are you going to be more structured with it? Like, what do you see doing differently so you don't get caught up in that again? Yeah, I definitely only, I mean, it's only been a couple of days, but mm-hmm. I've only been letting myself scroll for like 15 minutes. Okay. And yeah, I don't know. I have my notifications turned off, so I don't Me see too. it. If there's a notification, yep. I can't look at it. I have to. Like, I have to look at that message. I did that a long time ago. I did that yeah. almost right out the gate because I got very obsessive because I... I feel this is this is like a perfectionism thing a little bit, but this is also like a people pleasing thing that I've had to work on. I feel like I have to be responsive. Yeah. For others, I don't want to make others wait. Like I want to make sure that they're, you know, I'm not being like they need help. I have to help them. Yeah. Or I don't want them to think I'm being rude. Which once again, it's that's just all in my head. So I had to turn. I had to turn my notifications off and I haven't had one person yet say to me, oh my God, it took you like two hours to respond to me. You're so rude. You know what I mean? Because that's like the narrative in my head that people are going to, no one cares. I mean, that's setting boundaries and got to do that. Well, and if someone's going to be upset that it took you two hours to respond, then they can beat right. it. Just they don't <laughs> you having <laughs> right. Bye-bye. We have time for that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's, I don't know, I think, I just think that I'm going to make a post when I feel like making a post, Good. I feel like having something to say. I'm not going to put pressure on myself to share things mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with, um, but I'm going to share what I feel like I want to share. I don't know, there's, I think I'm going to try and just be more present, how do I word this? Like, more present in my life, but, like, also sharing it at the same time in a sense that, like, like this is where I'm at now. I think right now is because it's been over a year. It was really hard for me to imagine being over a year before. Mm-hmm. So I used to look to the people that were over a year, like, not way down the line because that didn't seem attainable, but people that were around a year or a little bit over, I looked to that being like, okay, what's their life like right now? What did they have to say about how far they've come in this time? So I, that's kind of what I want to share. And I like doing the compare and contrast thing. Like, mm-hmm. This is where I was, this is where I am now. This is what helps me. This is what I still struggle with. This is what is easier. This is what is still hard. Just being open. Letting it flow organically. Yeah. No yeah. forcing. Yeah. Not like, worrying. Oh, I, I haven't posted in a while. What could I post about today? Well, if you have to sit and do that, then you're it's not authentic. You're not showing up in an authentic way. Well, and that was the thing, too. It's like before I, I wanted to grow my account, right? Mm-hmm. More mm-hmm. followers. So you need to post more reels. And then all these accounts say, these like social media uh, coaches are yep. like, real every single day and do that so it's like you're constantly digging for something to post about so you can feel relevant but you're not coming across as authentic right when you're doing that so I think authenticity and doing things organically is key thank you for listening to the podcast today Remember, I am just a woman on a mission to normalize sobriety and living a sober lifestyle. I am not a licensed therapist or a doctor. Please, if alcohol is causing serious physical or mental health issues, seek professional help. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to hit follow so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, leaving a five-star review will help this podcast reach more people like you in the sober community. It's an easy way to spread the word in normalizing a sober lifestyle. You should never feel alone in sobriety, so feel free to reach out to me via email or through my Instagram account at thisisstephsober. Links to both are listed in the show notes.